0: My name is Martha,
1: and I'm Colby, and this is the Shit You Need to Know podcast, the show where we talk about
0: what you need to know to live your best millennial life.
1: Listen in each week as we talk about everything from our favorite pizza to how to drop your toxic friends.
0: We ask each other the questions and somewhere between us, there's an answer.
1: Because there's shit you need to know. Hey, I'm Martha. And this is Colby on the Shit You Need to Know podcast. A
0: podcast where we talk about things you need to know and some things you didn't. Welcome back. We have another question of the week for you. This one is Android or iPhone. Colby, what do you say?
1: I have an iPhone and a Mac and an Apple Watch that no longer works. So (laughs) that is the answer to that question. I know.
0: Um I I think my Second phone ever. No, maybe like my first smartphone was an Android, but I have had pretty much all iPhones since. I currently have an iPhone. I don't have a MacBook because I'm cheap and those are quite expensive. If anyone wants to buy me one, let me know. Oh, I get news. PayPal is on. <laughs> on a couple episodes, but uh, just in case, you know that's a sweet short poll for the week. You can find us on Instagram at Real Martha Riley and at SYNTK Pod for the poll. Where can we find you?
1: And you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains and Instagram, and I think in Letterbox. Find me there too.
0: You can find me on Pinterest. I started posting everything on Pinterest now. I don't think we're going to get any pins, but I read that it was a good marketing technique, so I'm doing it. You can also find us on Twitter at syntkpod, where I tweeted something that Colby didn't agree with. So.
1: <laughs> because you tweeted, okay, now this is going to like date <laughs> when we record this podcast. Like, anyway, okay. you tweeted that I said no comment when I was never push <laughs> for comment. Not That's why once. I thought it was funny.
0: That's why I thought it was funny.
1: Because I resent word. that as bad journalism, miss. <laughs>
0: Uh, Welcome to growing up month on our podcast. So last week we talked about our relationships with our parents and I feel like that was a pretty heavy episode. Like I'm still sort of sitting on it and thinking about what we talked about uh, a week later. So I guess that's a good sign. Hopefully you guys liked it. This week we are talking to a real live adult, our friend and podcast editor Stephen Boyd. Hey, Stephen, you have the floor. Tell us about
2: yourself. Uh Yeah, I have a day job working at an optical retailer, but I'm also like, uh, I kind of think of myself as more uh musician, DJ, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, and I do a little bit of podcast editing, as you know. And how do we know you? Uh, You know me through the Slack for the podcast, The Storm, colon, a Lost rewatch podcast.
0: <laughs> Ooh, nice addition of the colon. I actually don't watch Lost. You're not watching along. I'm not. That's okay. Some people don't. What's a fun fact about yourself that you could tell our podcast listeners before we get started?
2: Um, I recreationally learn languages. How many do you know? Hmm, what What level is knowing a language? Conversational. Uh, conversational, non English, probably two or three, depending on the length of the conversation. Any fictional languages? No, fictionally. I mean, they're all made up, but no, none, none attached. None attached. <laughs> they don't come from nature. <laughs> but no, none attached to a, uh, a TV show or anything like that.
1: I wish y'all could see the face I just gave <laughs> see when you said that.
2: I, I think I
0: consider it a success when you can ask and understand where the bathroom is. Oh,
2: yes. How much does it cost? And the check. Like check, please. The first thing I learn in a language is uh, usually "excuse me," and then uh, "I don't understand." Oh, that's good. Yeah, I don't understand is a very useful uh, thing to learn, and I know that in a lot more than two languages. How many?
0: What's what's the latest language you are learning?
2: Uh, when I went to China three years ago, I learned Mandarin before I went.
1: Dang. I heard that's a hard language to learn for Americans or yeah, English speakers.
2: Yeah, it was, it was really tough. It was harder than Russian was.
1: Which I also heard was very hard for English
2: speakers. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. But I can kind of read cy- Cyrillic, actually. Like I can sound it out. There's some letters I can't remember what they sound like. But Well, cool.
0: Nice to meet you, Stephen. We're going to ask you some questions about yourself to... Learn from you because we are young. I'm 25. Colby's 23.
1: Uh, Yes, I'm 23. Jordan year.
2: That means that means the sum of your ages is three years older than me.
0: I don't know what to do with that piece of information, but the point is, you are an adult, and that's what we are here to learn from you. So take it away, Colby. What do we got?
1: All right, we're going to start with a super easy question for you. What do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned as an adult?
2: Well, this is one of those things where you hear people say, like, if you could go back and talk to yourself as a teenager, like what would you say? I, I think the thing that I would try to convey to myself as a teenager is uh adults don't always know what's going on. Like when you're a kid, you kinda of think adults like have their shit together and, you know, they seem really put together and media always kind of does that. Sometimes there's like familial problems and whatever else, but like As an adult, I realize everybody is like just barely making it and like stressing about bills and like uh, work sucks or whatever. Uh, Adults aren't any more adults, at least let's say of my age compared to yours. The only difference is I've had a dumb office job for 20 years. So my salary is to where I finally just paid off my student loans and I'm a little before that wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. It took a long time. So I think the, and that's kind of a bummer answer, I realize, but uh, adults, quote unquote, and I know you guys are adults, but you know what I mean. Uh, Adults don't have their shit together necessarily. I think rich people do, which they have their own different problems. But us non-rich people
0: So what sort of that transition, like follow-up question, when did you feel that you were fully an adult? Because yes, technically we are over 18, which is what the law defines as an adult, but I don't feel that I'm, I mean, we live with our parents, so I don't feel that I'm like fully invested
2: into adulthood yet. It's probably, you know, one of those things that's like different for everybody. It took me a while when I moved. I moved. I live in Cincinnati now and I moved here from college because I had a friend that lived here and the the college town I was living in, there was no job market. Uh, Turns out there wasn't much of one here either. Uh, But when I finally got a permanent position, that was really the thing that like, I don't know if I felt more, I wouldn't have at the time thought of it as more adult or anything, but I think that was the beginning of me like, uh, not feeling like I was scraping by.
0: Well, I I get the paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck thing. I think people have a lot of expectations. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Colby, you can relate to this, but like out of college, you're sort of, bam, you have your own job, you have your own place, and people sort of expect you to figure it out. But as I'm sort of growing up and learning, I'm like, Well, some months are harder than others. Like, yeah, I maybe had to get a new tire or I had to pay for a hotel that was sort of an unexpected expense. I mean, that sounds really like privilege. Like, yes, I can afford to stay in hotels, but it's still sometimes where I've considered like dipping into my 401k just because I didn't know if I could make my payments on time. And that's no fun. So, I mean, I know it gets better, but I don't know, Colby, can you relate to like, feeling that you're sort of grasping at straws
1: oh yeah uh today i had to figure out how to make an appointment to get my car service because i'd never done that before and i i need it Uh, (laughs) it it's just things like that just figuring out things that i've heard adults do (laughs) and (laughs) trying to figure out a way to to get that done like the flu shot that you keep telling me to get martha
2: i got one today
1: Steven, do you have your flu shot?
2: I'm I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm uh pro flu shot. This is the pro flu shot podcast. <laughs> like when I was in school, like we were taught like how to balance checkbooks and stuff, and that's dumb and useless. Only right now, the only check I write is to my landlord, and then occasionally like some other thing. Uh and I certainly don't balance my checkbook. I just use the online thing. But um There's a lot of skills that are just aren't taught. And it's a weird thing about quote unquote adulting that, like, you know, it's like washing laundry and stuff. And, like, um, you know, I've heard so many podcast ads for insert food delivery meals prep service here that are like, oh, I really learned how to cook here. And it's like, how has every podcaster learned how to cook from blank, blank food delivery service, right? like it's because this stuff isn't taught and you know some families like they do you know cook and teach how to cook and teach how to do laundry and stuff but like i'm sure my mom showed me how to do laundry but like i was probably a surly teenager and didn't care but like it it's it's so weird that like you just you just have to stumble on these things you know everything that breaks on my car i learn what that sounds or feels like and it was only a few years ago, I was finally able to afford even a new car. So like I drove clunkers for a long ass time and I, something would happen. I'd be like, oh, that sounds like when this other shitty car I owned did this, you know, it's really funny. We don't really prepare people to be adults in a lot of really grounded ways. Yeah. When I was an RA,
1: just watching the first years figure out, like come to me as like, Colby, I've never done laundry in my life. And it was just like, okay, yeah, I am going to have to be a bit of a dad here. And as an 18 year old talking to 17 year olds and teach these people how to do stuff they've never done before. And that was a very strange experience.
0: I don't know if I've taught anyone how to do anything except for at work. I guess I've trained people in software, but
1: I made a whole curriculum in college. Wow. Yeah, it was a thing. I didn't know that was part of my job until I was in the job. And they're like, hey, what's the programming cur- um, curriculum? And I was like, what? And then I, I did that. <laughs> Another adulting thing is not knowing you have to do stuff until you have to do it.
2: <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And wh- and again, I go back to car stuff because I've had so much trouble with that over the years. Like <laughs> like you have a flat tire and it's like, what do you do? In my case, my dad showed me how to change a tire a decade plus earlier i don't know how to do that me neither yeah well and i the only thing i really took away from it was you tighten the bolts in a star shape pattern so that it there's like five usually and you or go around in a star shape pattern and that way it tightens on kind of smoothly but like like that that thing i remembered specifically but other than that i was like pulling over onto the side of the highway is like the freakiest thing yeah. And like, there's so much of it that's weird. Like you're not supposed to be stopped on a highway. So now I'm stopped on a highway. So everything is just heightened and weird. I, I mean, it's just one of those things like uh, adulthood, adulthood, again, you know, whatever that means. Uh, a lot of just going out into the world is patterns and you go to work and you come home and you go to a show and you come home or you go to a sporting event and you come home but like once those pattern, once you get out of those patterns, that's when things get weird. And so, if you have a flat tire, or if you, um, you know, the the furnace breaks and now you don't have heat, like what do you do? Uh, do you call your landlord? But if you own your house, do you whatever else? You know, I mean, that's the thing is like you get into these grooves and patterns. Uh, And sometimes they're years and years and decades long patterns. And if they break, like, what do you do? It's good now that the internet is a thing because the number of times I've dictated into my phone, like, uh, best way to blank, 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 blank. You're right. And it's like, even if it doesn't really answer your question, you can kind of get a hint as to what the thing to do is, you know?
1: For sure.
0: I think with pattern. So you're saying a lot of adulthood is like dealing with the unknown. Would you say that is true? Absolutely. Yeah. How do you become comfortable with that? Because I feel like for me and my personality type, I don't like change and I don't like things happening. So having to figure out everything by myself and for, okay, like take this for example, my, my therapist just went on an eight week medical leave that was unplanned and basically gave me like a day notice and so I've had to find a new one, and I don't like that level of uncertainty once I've already done this thing and like found out a solution to my problem. Does that get easier? Like, does the amount of like being okay with being uncertain
2: get easier if that makes sense? I, I don't know that the specific thing that's out of the ordinary at any given time is any easier. But at least for me, I, I also don't like change. You know, I'm not one of those folks. Um, I think for me, it, I, I've gotten really much better at kind of rolling with the punches in a way. Like when something happens, I kind of try to be, you know, uh, a little like try to get out of myself and be like, okay, be calm. Use the calm voice. What is going on? What can I do? Try not to freak out. Uh, is this uh, an emergency or a uh, a base level problem, or can I just deal with this next week, right? And then you kind of go from I, I kind of go from there where it's like uh, i don't I don't know that it gets any easier, but I've kind of gotten to where i can uh, I have kind of a a way to deal with it, you know, think about it in a in an abstract way, like a binary like this or this or this is it pro is it urgent? Can it wait? Can I deal with it myself? Do I need help? You know, those sort of things.
1: So would you say that your life overall got better as you got older, like through your 20s, 30s, into your 40s? Uh,
2: I would say in most ways, I like, quote unquote, and I say quote unquote, because people my age and older are going to quibble with this. But quote unquote, I like being old. <laughs> I, and I say that because I've heard people, my, a lot of my friend group is like about 10 years younger than me. Uh, and they all refer to themselves as old, which I find hilarious. And especially I found your episode where y'all were both. <laughs> and it, I found that hilarious. But, uh, but I, 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 uh, I have a friend who I met when he was the age I am now, 45, as of last week.
0: Was that a ploy for us to say happy birthday on the podcast?
2: No, my my birthday's not a secret or anything. I, I don't really give a shit about uh, birthdays as a thing. It's just like an odometer rolling around. It's like noteworthy moderately. But I I will use my birthday as an excuse to get my friends to come hang out. That's what I did last weekend. But, but uh, anyway... Uh, I met, there's a friend of mine that I met when he was the age I was, I am now. Uh, and he said, I look forward to getting old. And, and now I kind of know more what he meant. Like I amongst a lot of my friends have a reputation for knowing a lot about a lot of things or knowing a little about a lot of things and a lot about a handful of things. Like I'm, I have a pretty deep, Uh, musical knowledge, like uh, maybe not in certain like kind of rock music, but like a lot of electronic stuff and whatnot. But I also have a broad base of knowledge. So in that respect, like I know a little bit about a lot of things and that's a really good thing because I can contribute to a lot of conversations. Not that it's, again, necessary to be an adult or anything, but I, I like that about being my age. Like I'm a person who's constantly curious, so I'm always learning new things. Um, but the downside of being old is, uh, you know, health stuff. It sucks. I have asthma. It's not gotten better. That does happen for some people. I, I, I don't mean to, uh, belittle that, but like my asthma sucks. It, uh, no pun intended. It, it's really bad at times.
1: I want to know the person who it got better for because
2: everyone I know has been told that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That does not happen.
2: Um, There are a lot of people for whom uh, asthma is an allergenic response. And when you move out of a place that has those triggers, like it gets better. Like I, when I was, uh, I grew up in rural Indiana and we had a lot in the woods almost.
0: Are you a man of the woods, Justin Timberlake style?
2: No one listened to that album, Martha. (laughs) Zero people listened to man of (laughs) the woods. Is that the country-ish one?
0: Listen, he was at the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, so I listen just to support him or... It's not important. So along that vein, I guess asthma maybe gets better. Does life get better?
2: <laughs> I, I will preface this by saying I have uh, a, a slightly leftist bent to my politics. That's your disclaimer for the next few sentences. Um, life gets better when you can afford regular ass stuff. Uh, and for a long time I couldn't. And once I could, I do. And life got better. Uh, I have asthma and luckily I have an office job that has insurance and I can pay for that stuff. Um, I have a car and it doesn't break down now because I finally was able to afford a new car. Um, you know, for people who are making minimum wage in a lot, most of the places in the country that is not a, uh, livable wage, you know, uh, so life gets better, asterisk, 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 footnote, 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 right? Uh, so I don't want to be here like saying, just wait till you're older, it'll all be okay. Cause for a lot of people it won't, Right. I made this preachy, sorry, no, no,
1: that's fine because i it's a refreshing perspective, I think, and it's super true for a very large population of people, especially in this country, of what that process will look like for them so i I think that's that's real, that's what we do this podcast for for the real
2: and and I'm from rural Indiana, you know it's not even like um uh necessarily a racial thing, although of course people of color have it. Uh, on average, a lot worse in America. Like, I'm I'm from rural Indiana, a, a white ass c- county, and you know, there's a lot of I, I don't know poverty. Poverty is a heavy word. I don't want to say that, but there's a lot of folks living paycheck to paycheck there. That that it's like minimum wage is is a mess, and most people in America can't do it. And so, yeah, is it better when you're older? Mm, in some circumstances, and luckily, I managed to indiana jones my way and grab my hat on the way into those circumstances but uh that's not true for a lot of people
1: one thing that i heard on a podcast today was um the right time of imani jones where he was talking about how poverty as it's defined by like the government is such a a low bar that so many people don't reach that description of what quote unquote poverty is that it leaves out so many people who are struggling, but aren't in poverty. So you don't see that reflected in a bunch of statistics.
2: It's similar to that. uh, The unemployment statistic doesn't include people who stop looking for jobs, which is fucked up y'all. It's such a weird thing. But yeah, poverty statistics are fucked. And when I look at the poverty level, like, you know, I couldn't live like that. And I don't mean that in a negative way, like for those people, of course. You're right, Colby, that the poverty level as it stands is it it's almost laughably low as far as like measuring someone's income. It,
1: and you, you don't know what to do with that statistic because there are so few people that reach it.
0: So we talked a little bit about how life is different uh, now than it was when you were our age, but growing up, did you ever have anything that was super transformative to you and really shapes who you are now? For me, it was when I, and Colby can share his too if he wants, but for me, it was when I was like 19 or 20 and I started going to therapy for the first time. I really came out of my shell and became a, a better person, I guess. More more myself, like more the authentic real Martha that I am today, I hope. Um, instead of being shy and trying to people please all the time. I still do that, but I still I'm more comfortable with who I am. Um Colby, do you have an experience like that before we turn it to Steven? I
1: think I mean I talk about it a lot, but that's because it it was a lot for me is when I became an RA and had to one, manage all of these children or they weren't ch- all the young adults who I was looking after. And also it was my first job. So handling having money of my own for the first time and then also doing entirely too much and having to learn how to organize my my life in a way that's fulfilling. So I can do the things I want to do without overwhelming myself and having panic attacks which is something that happened to me a lot in college. So yeah, that sophomore year when I was 18 to 19 was a it was a time. It was a it was a transition year for me for sure.
2: Well, uh there are a couple things that come to mind. One is a really uh almost like abc family drama style thing but (laughs) um it's free form actually you're showing your age (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly well i've been watching my so-called life so um there was so i I did not really hmm, how do i say this and be kind my parents were not too uh allowing of me hanging out with other folks. I never stayed over at anyone's house, uh, you know, at friends' houses and stuff. So we were almost sort of homebodies in a way as kids. I think that changed for my younger brothers. I'm the oldest. But um, after graduation, uh, one of my friends had a party and I went to it. And it was the first time I'd been at a party that was like an unsupervised teenager party. We were all 17, 18, but it was like this whole thing. And I, you know, I know what the stereotype is of the guy that brings a guitar to a party, but you know, I was 17. So yeah. yeah, it's not any better or worse, but, but like there was something about like going to a party and hanging out with people my age and like in a place that was like separate from, uh, adults slash the real world and you know i knew how to play fucking sweet child of mine on the just the rip on the guitar (laughs) and stuff and like and it was remarkable to my friends and it was just a thing and they were all drinking i didn't drink until after college even so uh I, i don't think they were all drinking but there was some drinking there but like it was just this whole scene of like and i felt like oh this is kind of what it's like to be um a person that sounds weird to say, but it, it kind of is true like I felt like I was like me outside of school outside of home I was just like with people. the other thing uh, quite a bit after that was the first time I left the country which was in 2010 I went to India with a charity that was associated with my workplace uh, and just going to another country and being immersed in another culture even in the kind of Very corralled, kind of, you know, we couldn't do anything we wanted, but it, it was just such a transformative experience, like being in another place and seeing other people that weren't like where I'm from. You know, that was also a pretty transformative thing. So
0: I think this conversation has been really interesting so far for me because I'm sort of realizing that. We did grow up all differently. And the more you talk to people that are older than you and the more you get to learn their stories, I don't know. I feel like I have it good. I don't have it. I mean, it could be a lot worse and it could be a lot better, in my opinion, but it makes me grateful, I guess, for the experiences that I've had so far and that have made me who I am today. I guess. Because I left the country, I mean, we went to Jamaica when I was 13. So I've been out of the country a lot since then. And I guess it never really occurred to me. Maybe that's my privilege showing that that wasn't necessarily like possible or a reality for a lot of other people. So I'm definitely like learning a lot about myself. <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to put it.
2: I mean, that's the nature of privilege, right? Like a lot of times it's blind to you until someone calls it out, right? And when someone calls it out, you can react in a lot of different ways. You can be negative about it and defensive and stuff, or you can like kind of accept that criticism and kind of think about it and whatnot. Like, and that's what you're doing now. Like uh, um, everybody has some level of privilege in some areas, you know, I'm white I'm a man, so there are certain things that both of those things uh, privilege me in, and I'm, you know, now I'm, uh, I have some amount of income, so I can do certain things. All those are privilege, and privilege doesn't mean you don't have any hardships. It just means, you know, that there are, you know, I I really like the um, video game analogy, right? Do you know this? Do you have you heard this thing? Nope. I've heard a lot of analogies, so probably. (laughs) if you're playing a video game and you're playing it on normal level, and then if you like playing it as a white guy might be on normal level, but then playing it as a person of color or a woman might be on hard level. Like you're playing the same game, but everything is just a little harder. Every interaction you have with everyone in the world is a little more challenging. And as a, as a white man, I'll talk about myself. Uh, you know, I may not notice the things that are difficult for people of color or for uh, women or people who aren't, you know, people, non-binary people, trans people, et cetera. Like I, I won't notice even those things. I might think of a handful of them as I go through the day, but you know, that's the video game analogy is like, oh, you're playing on super difficult level. Not that you want to, but you're. Guess what? <laughs> you you are. So that that's the whole thing about privilege. Like what you were saying, Martha, with privilege. Like you you don't always even recognize it until someone calls it out for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so when I was <laughs> how your drinking game for this podcast is how many times cold Colby say when I was an RA? But when I was a resident advisor, I was what what carolina called a multicultural advisor and i hate that it was called multicultural because we did so much stuff around all aspects of privilege not just um white privilege we did stuff around male privilege um able body accessibility stuff like tried to be all-encompassing um and the analogy that i liked is if you were like sitting in a classroom and there's a trash can in front of the classroom and you're trying to throw balls into the trash can the people in the front are going to get a lot more balls into, or people in the front have a better opportunity to get balls into the trash can because they're closer. They're, not all of them are going to get in because, you know, different things, but they have the better opportunities. They don't even see how hard it is for the people in the back of the classroom because they're behind them. I like that. So that's an analogy I heard a lot. And I'm sure I will talk about what I did as a, as an MC a lot, MCA a lot, but Anyway, that's a analogy that I've liked about privilege.
0: So we've listened to you talk about your life and what you've learned growing up. What advice do you have for us youngins in any area you can think of? We could talk about relationships. We could talk about I don't know. Finances or meal prep or anything you want. But what's some pieces of advice that you think that you've tried to live your life by or anything like that?
2: Um, I just try to be kind to people. I used to joke that I knew everything when I was in my twenties, and now I don't know everything. And it's because in my twenties I was very like, I was a stickler about grammar, I was a stickler about this, and I was a stickler about this. And now I'm very much like, "Oh, if somebody has poor grammar, I don't care. It's about communication, you know, and if you communicate your thing, then who cares if you have the correct grammar if you who cares? I don't love when they're there and there are misused, but uh, you know I try to i i I would prefer if they're right, but like if you're communicating, then it's fine, you know uh." And I think learning languages did that. I think learning languages, like, like I know what I must sound like in Italian, right? I know what I must sound like in Mandarin. And judging by facial expressions when I use it. But, uh, uh, like, I just try to, like, be kind and be, uh, just try to not be the fucking dude in front of the cooler looking at stuff when someone's trying to get into the cooler, just try to be aware of your surroundings try to literally and metaphorically just try to be aware of who's around you and how you can make their lives easier and try to make it easier for people around you
1: no i think that was that's a, a good baseline of advice just be don't be a dick
2: yes
0: and just i think i think what you said earlier in the podcast too of like always be learning or always right like take the opportunity to learn. I think that's really important too. I think a lot of people sort of forget that they they are like you. They think you know everything, but then they stop. I was gonna say
2: when you think you know the boundaries of the world, you're wrong because there's always somebody that has another experience that you don't know of, let alone know specifically. Right? You don't you don't know what you don't know. And once you internalize that and understand that somebody could be coming from a from a point of view that not a not only do you not agree with, but you don't even know there was an option to think about there. Like once you think about that, like I find it so much easier in the world not to assume I know everything because then I don't bristle against everything I run against, you know?
0: Right. I think a big takeaway for me in this episode, now that we've sort of asked you our questions, is how much We don't know. Like, you said, like, you know, you were in your 20s. You're like, I know everything else. Like, I know the world or whatever. But now I'm listening to you. And I obviously don't think I know everything. But I thought I knew some things. So now I'm like,
2: there's a lot more out there. Yeah, you're better than I was. At your age, I knew everything. Colby, what's your takeaway?
1: My takeaway is that it's okay that I'm still you know, packed midway through the struggle bus, (laughs) getting, um, making my way up through the old road of life. I can do analogies too. Uh,
0: (laughs) making your way downtown.
1: (laughs) Except I still live at home. So I already made
2: it, (laughs) 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 but you'll, you'll, you'll be struggling pretty much forever. That's the bummer advice that I have to give you. I I'm, X number of years old, and my struggles are different now, but they're still struggles, you know. Like,
0: okay, but counterpoint: can you still struggle? And like, do you consider yourself happy? Can you struggle and be happy? Or are you saying yeah, we're not ever going to be happy?
2: <laughs> I don't know how much struggling and being happy are connected or not connected. Um, but I think you can try to find some sort of peace with the struggling that you're doing in a way to maybe be happier. And, and that's not an aphorism meant to say, Hey, if you're struggling, just eat it and be happy. It's more like um, you're always going to struggle and knowing that might uh, make things a little easier. Maybe. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Yeah.
1: Great. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Tell the people where we can find you if you want to be found, all the things.
2: Um. Generally, if you go to my Twitter, that's my main place I'm active right now. D-J-E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L. That's DJ Empirical on Twitter. That's my DJ name. Uh, picked it long ago and it's too late to change it. So <laughs> that's what it is.
0: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Next week, we are continuing our Growing Up Month, and we're talking about finding your path in life. We continue to go deeper and deeper into the abyss.
1: Like Jules Verne. That's right.
0: us online at www.shityouneedtoknow.com or needtoknow.show and on twitter and instagram at syntkpod.
1: thank you to steven boyd and dj empirical for all things sound
0: and thanks to sir and Purs for the artwork
1: big shouts to irene even though you don't listen to the podcast
0: And don't forget to rate us five stars and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And we'll talk soon. Okay, sorry, I coughed. Uh, Let me get some water.
2: Me too. too.